0: Hi there! Welcome to Shift Talks. I am your host, Emily Phillips. If you're anything like me, your For You pages have been just littered with NFT-related content and hype surrounding the metaverse for months. And yet, you had no idea what any of that meant for months. Well, I'm here today with two leading industry experts to discuss fashion in the metaverse, NFTs, and what's next in the digital fashion sphere.
1: So, um, could you guys just introduce yourselves quickly? My name is Maddie Reed. I'm the digital editor at Bricks Magazine, and I'm a freelance fashion journalist. Uh,
2: my name is Alessandro, and I'm a creative technologist at TikTok, and I'm very happy to be joining this podcast to talk about NFTs, metaverse, and fashion.
0: It's so great to have you guys here. So, um, let's talk about NFTs and their place in the fashion industry. Over the past few months, NFTs have shifted from art into wider industries, including fashion. For example, Ava Friends offered their cloth shoes as an exclusive NFT, um, and digital artist Mason Rothschild has immortalized the Birkin bag in a series of NFTs aptly called the MetaBirkin, which are selling for about $47,000 apiece at the moment. Nike, which recently bought Artifact, is also offering NFT clothing, which can be used in online gaming. Since everything seems to be heading into the metaverse, Zoom meetings, casual social interactions, etc. These NFTs can also be worn in images, videos, or live broadcasts. As this develops, will people want to attend real events? What are your thoughts on this?
2: Personally, I would start by saying that the metaverse, in my opinion, and not just my opinion, actually, I read this on Twitter, is not a place, it's it's a time, essentially. So the metaverse is the moment that... Um, the digital world and the real world are not going to be very discernible with each other. So the question here would be that are we really going to take away the social interaction of the real world? Because in my personal opinion, I would imagine that what is digital does not necessarily mean that it's an alternative to what is real. So of course, the metaverse is going to bring in an incredible new world where you can go in and see art uh, and experience fashion shows. But at the end of the day, all of this is not just a matter of what you're seeing, it's also about who you're rubbing shoulders with, who are you talking to. And you can also think of this as, for example, what if the catwalk is digital, but you're in the real world experiencing it. So mm-hmm. you're still going together, but you then, when you're all together, still joining the, the digital world essentially. You know, kind of scenario.
0: That's a very good point. Um, It kind of makes, reminds me just of, I saw that this couple had done their wedding in the metaverse. Um, So I guess like they all had avatars and they had uh, guests as avatars, but of course they're sitting behind a computer somewhere, Um, which I think kind of relates to what you're saying, just like because you're still experiencing the sort of real life version of it, you know, you're still with people, Um, some people, anyways, um, while. This is like taking place on a computer.
1: I think the wedding is quite a good example though of uh, people wanting to attend events in real life versus digital. I think that's a really great way to solve a problem temporarily in the pandemic when you couldn't go to weddings or funerals or these types of events and it gives you an alternative way to kind of digitally be able to attend them. But I think that in terms of like tangible experience in the real world, these kind of digital realms are meant to augment reality. They're not supposed to replace reality. So I still think that we'll be attending things and going to events. I think it helps diversify the amount of people that can go. And I think it can help expand the geographical reach that events can uh, kind of expand to with their attendees. But I don't think it's going to replace events per se. Okay.
0: So however, producing clothing digitally is also kind of a way of reducing fashion industry waste and increasing sustainability. Um, So what are your thoughts on this, Maddie?
1: So I think that um, when we're thinking about NFTs and fashion, there's kind of like two realms that you have to split fashion into. You have to think about fashion uh, as an art piece, things like high fashion that become collectible, that you may never wear when you own in your closet and you keep it looking beautiful. Uh, beautiful, and I think that that's probably the most easily replicable uh part of fashion that can be a digital entity. But in terms of sustainability, uh, in fashion in general, we all still need tangible clothes to wear. And so when you're looking at fashion in the other realm away from art as a commodity, as a a practical product that's an essential component of life. You know, we would be arrested if we were out nude. We need to wear our clothes every day. They still need to be made. So I don't know that in terms of high street fashion and your day-to-day wear, that it's going to make too much of a difference on a sustainability front.
0: So what about accessibility? NFTs and digital clothing collections tend to be much more expensive than real life items, despite the fact that they can't actually Like be used in your real life. Um, So it's a market that seems to be reserved for people with access to money at this time. Uh, But
1: what issues do you see stemming from
0: this? Is there room for low-income shoppers in this sphere?
1: I think that for now we're looking at nfts as something that is most easily used for collectible items which to be honest are still pretty much only in the realm of those with loads of money so you know the meta birkins are a really good example they are appealing to people that buy birkins they're not trying to like create a new consumer uh, market at, like a lower value but they also absolutely could if they wanted to if birkin wanted to sell Birkins that you just have online that you can use in the metaverse they could obviously it's gonna you know affect their market value and their their kind of uh their brand value or whatever but I think that in terms of uh being an accessible thing I think that if the metaverse uh in particular the kind of metaverse that Mark Zuckerberg thinks of of us all being there this kind of like universal, everyone on your Facebook wall is in your little metaverse, then I think totally there's the opportunity for affordability because your kind of meta version of yourself still needs clothes. And, you know, not everyone is going to want to wear the same, like, avatar white t-shirt and blue (laughs) jeans if we're spending 50% of our time or however much, like, interacting with people, especially when clothes are so much a part of your visual identity. And in the metaverse, the kind of avatar that you're going to create for yourself is going to be entirely you know kind of visually constructed and it's allowing you to have that uh more like concrete visual presence so I think people are going to be really really aware of how their like avatar looks and the clothes that they're wearing and that gives every brand the opportunity to create and replicate their clothes in the digital kind of realm. Mm -hmm. The whole
0: idea of having clothing at a lower price point like for example if they were to do a $40 Birkin um it seems very Ready Ready Player One. Yeah, um, totally, totally. Yeah. <laughs> like, it feels like this idea of, like, existing in a simulation that we've created. Yeah. Kind of. Obviously, we're at very preliminary levels. Totally. Uh, where it's... It, you're not in it, you know, like, consciously. But... um It'd be interesting to see where that goes.
1: I think especially with VR and AR, when you think of those things in conjunction with the metaverse, there's more opportunity for those like lines to be really blurred. And like you say, it, it, to kind of be more like yours or like on you, even if it's not on you, it's on a thing that you're watching of yourself.
2: Yeah, of course. To that point, actually, I wanted to add the the fact that since at this point in time, we're kind of like gravitating towards the realm that we still don't know what the currency is, so the cryptocurrency that we've selected. Completely. And also the idea that the NFT is kind of like the right technology at the moment, in my opinion, used in kind of in the wrong way because we're th- we are playing the market, we are flipping the value of what the item is and we're not especially saying that we're going to wear that jacket with the avatar, as you guys were mentioned. So the, for me, the idea is that the accessibility in terms of the price is something that's going to shift the moment that we can start stepping into the metaverse yeah. against of what it actually means as a status to own that piece of clothing mm-hmm. digitally. Because once again, the price to take the market at the end of the day, and, and it's getting saturated very fast because everybody now is jumping on this train of, mm-hmm. I want to be a di- uh, um an NFT artist. But imagine that what can also become more accessible is you're a young designer that all of a sudden start creating great NFTs clothing or pieces of designs where the big the big league is playing the big numbers, you're playing the the niche number, and all of a sudden you have like very incredible young designer that have little little recognition that can then bump up into the into a new universe
0: yeah absolutely it definitely does make um like getting into the fashion industry more accessible for people that can't necessarily you know maybe go to school to learn or who have like a side hobby and want to pursue it but don't really know where to start um it does create another avenue for that i think um obviously not everyone is going to Start making NFTs, but it does. They're they're really taking over. Like, gosh, I scroll through TikTok and everything's NFT this, NFT that.
1: <laughs> I think adding on to the uh, emerging uh, designer digital designer world as well. In terms of accessibility, the cost of materials is so high for fashion students. So many students complain about not having enough money to complete their kind of final projects in the way that they'd want to and like in the digital world at least for now pixels are pixels like you're not paying for a certain type of digital material and that creates a much more kind of even playing field which i think is really exciting i completely agree
0: because not everybody has just money to spend on fabric so exactly um and speaking about uh the clothing that you can access on uh the in the metaverse. Um there's AR platforms like Zero10 and DressX that have created software that allows you to try on your own clothes virtually with exclusive releases and designs that cannot necessarily actually be achieved in real life. So what I mean by that is just like designs that you can't actually make. So they're they're just like this animated thing, like idea. Um and I think that's really great for expanding the bounds of what can be considered wearable. And even it allows for advancements in design techniques, like I just said. Um, So what can you say on this?
1: Yeah, no, so I think it's definitely really interesting. I think for sure the kind of designs that defy science, whether they're made of water or, you know, food or whatever. I think that that's really exciting. Like you say, it does really push the bounds of what designers are able to kind of creatively do without the constructs of uh, kind of. Like physical materials. materials you know? Yeah. Um, I think also in terms of being able to see clothes on yourself, I think it could really transform uh our kind of e-commerce uh experiences. Being able to try clothes on before you buy them, going into stores and being able to virtually try something on without like, you know, touching it or or having to like see the garment in person, which is really exciting. I also think that it could really expand in the realms of adaptable fashion whether that's for uh, like disabled people or uh, you know kind of atypical non-sample size bodies you know often kind of fashion garments particularly ones that are high fashion are made once and they're made tiny and you have no real ability to ever change that you could have shy girl on your cover and you're going to hugely struggle to pull samples and that's horrible and it's horrible for the artist and it's horrible for the stylist so if you're able to pull a garment that can adapt to any size that can adapt to anybody when you put it on i think that that's always going to be exciting
2: honestly i feel like um, it resonates a lot in terms of the way that you can interact with what actual clothing is and you can create a more personal not a more personal but but you can craft the experience of 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 trying all these clothes as a in a more personal way because it can be customized, they can defy what the standard of our production is. And also this sparks a broader conversation in terms of what is actually is that the way that we portray ourselves wearing these clothes because since we're already living in a half digital world where we're kind of creating content and videos and pictures, all of a sudden you can start wearing clothes digitally. It's a it's kind of like mind-boggling because i can get out of bed in my pyjama and take snap a picture maybe just put my face in, in order and then all of a sudden i'm in a suit and, and tie mm-hmm. because the computer and the the app is doing everything for me so i'm not saying that you have to be as lazy as i am when it comes to fashion because i just wanted to put it out there but it definitely gives you some different way to start thinking of exactly what is to wear a piece uh, a, a clothing and an item of clothing on a digital
0: medium so Mm -hmm. images, videos, content. Mm -hmm. Um, So again, on the actual clothing that they're, well, the digital clothing that's coming out of uh, these platforms, there's always kind of been an aspect of conspicuous consumption and ostentatious dressing and clout chasing within fashion. So I think that owning these fashion entities uh, really contributes to this culture um, because they're very expensive, collectible, um, definitely Targeting upper class audiences for the moment. Um, so, what are your thoughts on like their again contribution to just ostentatious dressing and that kind of thing?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that it's it's you know it's definitely targeting a very limited market right now, and I don't think that's going to change anytime soon. So, you are still appealing to uh, a very luxury high fashion market, who are the kind of people who probably do want to uh, you know, display logos in the same way that you might wear a head-to-toe Fendi logo piece. Now on your social media, you might have your NFT of Fendi everywhere. It's the same kind of uh maybe clout chasing, but definitely um like seen as a as as kind of really high cultural capital or the value of of that image and so I don't you know I don't necessarily think that those are are great things Mm -hmm. you know nobody you know we don't want a world that's hugely you know top down and, and yeah. everything you know great and exciting and special is like restricted to those at the top of the pyramid but at the same time I don't think that that's hugely controversial that's the way that high fashion works right now there are high price tags it's an exclusive thing art the whole art world who have you know really managed to tap very, in NFTs, very, very exclusive, exclusive. <laughs> has always been exclusive mm-hmm. and so I don't think that this is a problem that's exclusive to the digital realm I think it's more a problem with the industry or a part of the industry in general
0: yeah
1: i personally think that
2: the entry level of the way that we start to price these kind of items is also a very important key day, key moment in in the, in the lifespan of these nfts because if we were to start making it accessible at a, at a lower price at the drop i don't know if you've ever talked to somebody who, who is into buying nfts and flipping nfts but the moment that there is a drop it's kind of like you want to go to an adele's concert and you're trying to get that ticket on Ticketmaster, and you're like mm, you're yeah trying to click it and refresh the page and be like i need to be the one to actually get it because after that the price is just gonna go up but it's
1: isn't yeah. that exactly like the digital uh kind of replication of say sneaker drops around london and you see the lines of guys who are queuing for, you know 16 year olds that are buying like you know, stussy and supreme so that they can immediately buy it and flip it and pay, you know,
0: make money and
1: make so much money from it. I, you know, I, I don't know that I think that that uh, habit or that kind of like consumer interaction with the product is specific to uh, the digital realm as much as it is just like a part of the way that fashion is with exclusivity.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um- is there anything that you can tell us about like the latest advancements in digital clothing and AR fashion uh, that you know from your own work in parallel or intersecting industries?
2: Absolutely. Uh, actually, after some some personal projects of mine, I, I got a little bit more interested in what it can be called the cross-reality, so all the effects. So I was looking, obviously, at different competitors at Snapchat, what they were doing. They recently introduced mechanics for the clothing, because technically when you're supposed to render in an environment, a piece of clothing, a piece of cloth. In, in, in the past, you used to what, what we called bake an animation, which means that you make sure that the animation does what it's supposed to do, but you cannot do it in real time. What's happening nowadays is that this the technology is shifting and is allowing people to create content on the go with a dynamic cloth mechanic. So if I'm moving my arm with a piece of cloth on top of it, essentially the piece of cloth reacts to my arm. And these type of things, in terms of the way that you are building these digital assets in the fashion, it's 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 crazy because all of a sudden you have cloth in a digital world. Because for us it's easy; you see a piece of cloth, and you're like, that's a piece of cloth. Mm-hmm. And in the digital world, it's just pixels, <laughs> as it was mentioned. So, for example, there are some new pro- um, some new projects. For example, Clo 3D, which is a platform that allows you to dynamically change the garments of the clothing or making very user accessible the way that you usually interact because if not you, you were supposed to map out as if you were literally cutting the piece of fabric yourself you have to do it digitally on a screen but now we you have these platforms that allow you to be super fast with pre render templates to be like i need to add the the color that yeah. way mm-hmm. to add the the anything else that you want to add but because the first level of the way that we need to understand how to enter this world is that it needs to be accessible. The more accessible it is, the more people can access it and the more people can bring in their creativity. Because if we cannot surpass that wall that you have to have a a PhD in computer science to to develop a, a piece of clothing, you're like, I mean, wait a second. I, I, I'm into fashion. I don't matter. I, I, I don't, I'm not into into zeros and ones. So <laughs> the, the 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 one that the, the the moment that you can make that jump easier, and it's happening because it's all a matter of accessibility. Once again, once this has happened, all of a sudden you have a a, a troop of creatives that have the tool to do this, and all of a sudden it's real, even mm-hmm. if it's digital.
0: Um, So leading a little bit away from uh, AR fashion, um, I've noticed that a lot of brands have begun using virtual avatars to model their clothing rather than actual people. Um, Some designers have argued that due to a lack of limitations uh, that you get from the physical human being, it adds to their creativity, experimentation, and even allows them to design clothing and see how it looks and moves before bringing it into the physical form and to design garments that cannot easily be produced in the physical. Beat Carlson of Avav expressed, what I love about it is that you can never have to edit how it folds since there's never going to be any wrinkles on the fabric and so on, for example. However, there is a certain expression of humanity and relatability and realness that is difficult to achieve with an avatar at this time. It also reduces job opportunities for real life models. So what are your thoughts on this Maddie?
1: I actually did my university dissertation about virtual models and like the impact that that would have on um, like the image of the ideal woman. Um, I was really obsessed with little Michaela when I was in uni, who was mm-hmm. just kind of like... And I wasn't obsessed with her where I thought that she was really cool and amazing. I was kind of equally horrified and then so fascinated at other people's uh, excitement about her. I think there's such a kind of split reaction to it because these models, like you say, they can really trigger the Uncanny Valley, like that feeling of being so close to humanly real, but not quite, that makes humans feel incredibly uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. like people say that the at the bottom of the Uncanny Valley would be a moving corpse because that's your most like almost real unreal. And it is. It's horrifying, as I thought. And so I think that, you know, brands are really going to struggle to make their clothing look and feel human and realistic I think you have to see someone in the clothes to believe that you can own them yourself that's why people you know they use influencers all the time now because influencers are meant to be a more accessible woman to you than a kind of you know high fashion model and I do think we really have to be careful in the world of uh having virtual models with thinking about who's creating them because a large majority of the people that work in these digital companies are straight white men. And I don't really want them to be solely responsible for the creation of what idealized women are supposed to look like. I don't think that it's going to help us with diversity. I think if anything, it's going to set us backwards. And it creates even more unrealistic standards for women, particularly young women, to look at and see themselves in less and less, which I don't think is going to be beneficial for brands. So I think that if they are going to do this with virtual models, there's amazing opportunities in the world of pre-production. Like you say, how to see an item of clothing, how will it move based on the patterns before you've cut them so that you don't waste your fabric so that you save money. Like there are definitely positive attributes to that. But I really don't think that we should be thinking about virtual models as the future of a kind of post-production image, because I think that there are far too many unregulated and uncontrollable and really subjective aspects to how you can create women especially to look that I think would be like far too dangerous in the hands of like the tech giants of today.
0: Yeah, and that actually brings me to one of my next points, which is uh, that like these robotic influencers like Lil Michaela and uh, Bermuda are some of the highest followed influencers on the scene. Um, They repeatedly collaborate with big name and emerging brands. And there's a certain allure to the concept of this, like, virtually designed perfection. But it is absolutely unachievable because it's fake, like you said. Um, so as far as I know, from what I've seen, there are not any plus sized or diverse robot influencers. You don't see black skin,
1: brown skin, you don't see- So there is one, I'm gonna forget her name, which is totally useless. There's one model of color. When I was at a, a fashion kind of internship that I did while I was in uni, I was uh, commissioned to do a piece for them when I was in my third year and they were gonna do a cover story with this POC, uh, kind of digital model that had okay. been created but she never gained followers and then and the same traction online than one Bermuda who's white and two little Michaela who I think is actually what the industry likes the most which is ethnically ambiguous in a way that they then feel like you can project anything she could be South American she could she's meant to be Brazilian she? but she could be Asian she could be you know she could be uh Western uh, Eastern European she could be and I think that Uh, moldability is part of what I mean in terms of it being problematic for women because you're creating, you can't, it's not just about molding, uh, you know, bigger eyes or bigger tits or you know something like that it's about creating you know taking aspects of people's race that you think are like the most attractive and like you say you don't see plus size models you don't see disabled models you don't Mm. see any of these things because inherently in a digital world when you're creating these things people are so easily sucked into the idea of creating perfection i think and we have this really horrible view then on what people don't see as perfect which is amputated anything lens, else a larger body a lazy eye yeah. uh, anything like you're never going to see unless at least while in the current sphere of the way that we run things i don't think you're going to see that in digital modeling and i think that that's such a shame
0: and like i said about there being an allure to perfection like people are drawn to it
1: yeah regard no one wants to admit it but they want
0: perfection they want to be perfect they want to represent perfect um and in saying that like if you now have avatars not necessarily as models but just like in the metaverse or um wherever like a person who is disabled will likely not will probably want an avatar that walks an avatar that doesn't have the lazy
1: eye etc And that's so damaging to think of, you know, a 13-year-old joining the metaverse instead of joining Facebook and going, oh, all my new friends in the digital sphere, I want them to see me in this certain way. Like, of course, we still have all of those opportunities and all the digital spaces that we have now. You can edit your pictures on FaceTune. Yeah, of course. You can, you know, upload pictures that aren't even you. You can do whatever you like. But I do think that, like, it's a scarily unregulated uh, industry. And especially when right now, this week in the UK, uh, the government has been looking at a bill about being illegal to post images that have been re-edited without marking the fact that they've been re-edited. I think that seeing where that's going to go is going to be a really, really interesting, hopefully, uh, like beneficial um, kind of thing for the metaverse. I know that people are always quite reluctant to think of policy invading our social landscapes because we're so used to as the first generation of people that have grown up on social media we're so used to this totally unregulated space but I think that when you're going to have full bodies in these spaces and have full projections of yourself it's incredibly important there's already been reports that like women in the metaverse and Facebook have been like assaulted in the metaverse uh, and, you know, I think that it's impossibly difficult to ever try and, like, regulate the spaces. So I think there are concerns in my mind when it comes to, yeah, projections of yourself, if that makes sense. When you
0: mention the fact that women have been assaulted in the
1: metaverse, it does bring me to,
0: like, trolling. Yeah, people exactly. People who can hide behind a After electronic yeah. persona, a version of them that is just an IP address. Totally. They totally. can say what they want, do, do what, what they want. want take out the worst parts of themselves and, like, things that are just not acceptable. And hide up behind an avatar that isn't
1: even them, you know? Say things to
0: people you would never say to their their face,
1: ever. And that's obviously not something that's exclusive to the Mm -hmm. metaverse. I think it's more just a concern that we have not correctly being able to look after people in the digital spheres that we create currently so I think we just need to be really careful about the uh, continuation into more digital spaces Mm -hmm. that we go into because the more we go into a digital world the less we're leaving the kind of social understandings social kind of uh, socially acceptable behaviors of the physical world. Mm -hmm.
2: Absolutely and I definitely agree in terms of the fact that the Web three technically and the NFTs is all about certification and uh, and proving the identity of the uh, an NFT. And the question is, the moment you step into a world that it's, you can become anybody you want. Mm-hmm. As you guys were mentioning, it's all of a sudden. It's it's scary because it's pure chaos. But chaos in the definition of the sense, much rather not not like a clusterfuck of things. <laughs> That's a word is not heard. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Um, but um, it's kind of like uh, we don't. As Maddie was saying, there is no some uh, rules that applies anymore because once you have to say to a f- person's face, maybe what, what are you wearing? Well, the dress sucks kind of thing which are it can be very personal attack because maybe that person either maybe even created that that that, that piece of clothing mm-hmm. and all of a sudden you, you can't pinpoint that person straight to the face because oh sorry log off and they walk mm-hmm. away but what what's left with you is this interaction that yes it's a person but was it really a person so the question is can you really make that distinction between yeah that's me in the metaverse yes it's me expressing myself and also Doing what I love, and all of a sudden, you're you can meet into clash. So personally, I would say that the moment you can start founding niches or moderation in terms of forums uh, of where you can actually start in talking about your passion in the metaverse that's kind of like the type of things that would benefit also the, the realm of, of fashion in a sense because what we're start, uh, at the beginning we said about meeting in real person might be going away or no question mark the question is where you're going to meet the moment you're going to the digital world Mm. and meet the people that you want to meet totally. and so you mm-hmm. don't necessarily just And how to
1: make that safe. Yeah. yeah, like you say, I think with forums, you know, there is a really great possibility there of having, you know, groups, whether they're private, people with similar interests, the idea that you're going to be, you know girls under a certain age you know like what i mean having so those groups can, can be so toxic think about insults who developed on the internet completely thin inspiration culture you know all of they definitely all still exist and i don't think you know you can uh remove the digital world's problems from the metaverse necessarily but i think it's important that we keep an eye on not expanding more problems for the sake of like digital, like the, you know, technological advancement or Mm -hmm. something. Absolutely. Um,
0: So the metaverse can also kind of act as as a form of escapism, which is kind of similar to what we've been saying, uh, where you can become whoever you want. Um, But especially during the pandemic where real life seems like this really far off future, Um, But what effects do you think this can have on mental health and people even withdrawing from reality in favour of what's available to them online?
1: Um, I think that it's interesting. It almost reminds me something of, like, when adults talk about gaming. You know, when you see, like, a news bulletin on BBC News and they're like, yeah, gaming disorder. And we now call it... It's like, we don't think of it as a gaming addiction like it's an addiction to anything else. It's a dis- considered a social disorder if you want to spend more time online in a digital world experiencing false things than participating in the real world. And so whether meta disorder is something that we're going to see in our future, people who are too more inclined to spend their lives and feel like they're augmenting their meta lives with the real world rather than augmenting the real world with the metaverse, I think is, you know, it's going to be difficult. Do we have a six-hour time cap on every person in the metaverse you don't spend your whole lives there? I really don't think it's the worst thing that I've read online. But I don't think they would do that because everyone is just so about capitalism. Exactly. It's it's such a corporate entity and it's going to be so sponsored to death that, you know, Facebook is never going to want to disappoint an advertiser and they already don't care about the mental health of their consumers and, you know, sell us all office products anyway. So it's, you know, I don't think that they are gonna be looking out for us in that way. So I think that it's really important to have the same provisions that we have for mental health in the physical world, in the digital world, whether that means that you have digital therapists in the metaverse, That when things are difficult and intense, you can reach out to and they can speak to you via bot, via online, whatever, you know, chat room, (laughs) something along those lines. I think that we just, yeah, definitely need to envisage this space, not like some alternative, uh, like Instagram feed made real, I think we need to take it as seriously as we take those problems kind of in our day-to-day lives. Yeah.
2: I would like to be a little bit of a devil's advocate only just because just for the sake of the conversation in terms of what moderation also could entail. Because I would imagine that all the departments of trust and safety, that's kind of like the big thing in terms of the big tech companies is yeah, we want to sell you this product, but we need to send you this product for a longer period of time. Yeah. And this is my personal opinion we have to make sure that it's safe for you to, to be around it. And so, for example, this, it comes to mind that one of the first, um, make, once they rebranded to Meta Facebook, one of the first... Uh, companies that they acquired is called Supernatural and Supernatural is essentially a fit app which what what we was but in the metaverse essentially okay. where you can do uh, exercises on the moon uh, and whatnot and what Maddy was saying about for example you can talk to a to a therapist uh, through the metaverse but at the end of the day I would like to kind of stress the point that not necessarily we need to have an AI therapist we c- it can just be another person so somewhere else in the world uh, that can still try to help people even in the digital sphere. And like all things, in moderation, everything is good. The moment we start leaning the other way around, that's when we're kind of like shifting away and it become it can become definitely um, not healthy. Because at the end of the day, if you, starting from the question, the escapism, escapism is, is a matter of control because it means that a person that wants to escape means that... This person does not have control over the situation. And if people want to jump into a digital world where they can have more control and and, and be themselves, they can pursue the happiness by essentially not forgetting that the digital world is an extension, as Maddy says, of reality and not other vice versa. So mm-hmm. you're not running for cover in your world. You're running for cover to... Expand the world that you want more and connect it with the people. Then maybe you can then take a, tra- a plane ticket and then meet it. Honestly, because when you're talking about gaming, I was like, holy shit, no. um, every I've always wanted to have that adventure to be like, oh, I used to have I used to game with random people around the world, and I never thought, shall I, shall I not, maybe meet these people around the world? I was playing with people from all over the world, and that for me was meta. Yeah. Because I was in my living room playing yeah. PlayStation, and all of a sudden I was like talking with a guy from I don't know Sweden or 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 wherever. Totally. And all of a sudden you're connected, and that's the, I think that's the up, uptake of of this meta world at totally. the end of the day.
0: It's definitely, like the probably one of the biggest positives is just like people like globalization and people being able to connect. Yeah. Because especially like you think of that like small town kid and in their bedroom that like can't make friends because they, I don't know,
1: maybe they're gay and they're in a very, like, conservative area. Or in a country that doesn't allow them to express themselves and yep. their, their sexuality, for and sure. now they can
0: go online and connect with other people that they can relate to and that can make them feel more comfortable in themselves and possibly even give them the opportunity to get out, yeah. to go somewhere else, to go, to go to a school in another country, to go to a job in, in another city yeah. and and the really, country. really... um embrace like themselves really yeah and
1: overcome those restrictive boundaries that have been in place in their lives for so long I definitely think yeah in terms of like awareness and 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 connectability and understanding of like different uh lifestyle abilities particularly in countries and that have a lot more restrictive lifestyles for young people for gay people for people of color I think that like you know there's a really expansive endless Amount of possibilities that can be really positive in those avenues. Mm -hmm.
0: Um, So, what other opportunities for the fashion industry are there in the digital sphere and in this new era?
2: I mean, Maddie before said one that we which was put on the idea of a try on booth, for example, the idea that. You can see yourself in the clothes and you, you can probably just touch the fabric if you want to test it. But that speed up in terms of if we're talking about capitalism, that's kind of like the hypothesis of a capitalism. It's mm-hmm. like fast round. Yeah. But at the same time, maybe you can even order or add it on the spot, that same cloth, because you don't have the finished product. Yeah. You're touching something digital and all of a sudden you can customize it. So imagine that you can try it on, something that's customized, and you can... Add a right, add a color, add a different texture and everything just by a screen but you can't do it in a shop because you have the final product. Mm-hmm. Or I would imagine what you were saying before about wearing a, cl- a piece of clothing made of water, of fire, that for me it's so groundbreaking because all yeah. of a sudden you're not at artist- a, a, a fashion designer, you're like an artist. Yeah. Yeah. Literally an artist in the pure definition of sense because at your fingertip you you can make anything as long as you can imagine it and have the tools to do it and um, i i would also say that the tools to do it that's something that as i mentioned before is going to take on very much but what i'm really looking forward to are these events that i mentioned at the beginning because for me i i personally have never been to a fashion a fashion catwalk show mm-hmm. and it's kind of like in my bucket list but it's because it's one of those experiences that kind of transcends in my mind the, the passion for something and I, I know i'm not like the most fashion guy but i am a fan of people with passions mm. so thinking how that can become a next step for me it's 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 just exciting to 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 the fullest because when digital and real world kind of mix together you're like you're making a, a potion and all of a sudden you're like Well, nice. What if I drink it?
0: (laughs) It's like the world really literally is at the tips of your fingers. Um, So what do you think
1: all of this means for
0: both the fashion industry and the wider world going forward?
1: I think that uh, maybe just slightly adding on to Alexander's point um, about speed, I don't necessarily think the fashion industry needs to get any faster. We know that that obviously in terms of production is a huge problem. However, brands that want that speed, we think of something like See Now Buy Now, which you know was hugely popular and kind of trendy in fashion a couple of years ago. I think particularly Christopher Bailey at Burberry introducing it was kind of like the biggest big name that tried to take on that model. And it never totally caught on and succeeded because even in a see now, buy now, you're not buying it now, right? Meanwhile, if the digital world can give you that immediacy without, as we spoke about earlier, the harmful production of immediate fashion, then I think that's really exciting. This idea that you can like see the garment on you immediately. Maybe you still will have to wait a couple of months for someone to handcraft it and be paid a really good, you know, living wage in order to do it. But if it takes away some of people's consumer needs to like oh I don't I can't wait for that to be made in four weeks I need to have it now but if you have it digitally now maybe that's a really exciting prospect that we can kind of feed the uh speed of fashion in a way that doesn't have such harmful production means
0: all right uh thank you guys so much this has been very informative honestly I've learned a lot (laughs) um
1: yeah thank you so much for having me
2: And thank you for having me as well. It's been a pleasure.
0: And that concludes our chat about digital fashion. Here at Shift, we are so excited to step into this brand new world where the limits of fashion design are completely eradicated and you can be whoever you want to be with the click of a button. As we transition into the metaverse, thanks for listening. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at ShiftLondon and subscribe to our website, ShiftLondon.com. Bye.